you know, we they did not have bets on us. We had really good odds. So I think we should just stop betting, Sophia. I think so too, but I'm always superstitious about that. There was that Collingwood player who bet on his own games and got banned and fined and whatnot. Obviously that wouldn't happen to us because we're not playing. Because we're not playing AFL footy. Yeah, <laughs> but... You might be here because you thought it was about golf. Or maybe you're here because you just love hearing Australians talk amongst themselves. Or maybe you're here just because you were looking for a club with girls in it. Whatever brought you here, we've got your back. Celebrating the Australian Football League St Kilda Football Club. Whether you're near or far, as long as you're not a Collingwood supporter, you're welcome to join us. Two girls, one club. Today we can truly say welcome back to Two Girls, One Club. After a thrilling four-quarter fight, last week the Saints beat the Sydney Swans 14 goals, 9 behinds, 93, to 10 goals, 4 behinds, 64 at Marble Stadium. The standouts were many, among them Jack Higgins with an equal career best of four goals, while Callum Wilkie kept star forward Buddy Franklin to one goal and five touches. While we're holding off talking about final soaps, in case we do a Gary Lyons, what we can say is that this was one of the strongest showings from our side all year. Wouldn't you agree, Sophia? I would agree. So let's discuss the game, Bianca. I thought it was a very intense four quarters of footy. We really fought hard to get to get out ahead. We weren't the favourites, as we just said, and um, we had so many standouts. And you know, the commentators at the beginning were even undermining everything that we did right. So, for instance, Higgins did an around the corner kick and got a goal. But right after he got a goal, the commentators start talking about him being called Missy Higgins in the media after the last showing against the Swans, and it's just like well, why don't you leave that alone for this moment? Yeah, and, like, they said it and, like, well, like, oh, Saints Club weren't too happy about that. And it's like, well, of course they weren't. It's it's not nice to do that. It's old school. It's where it's when cutting people down or, like, giving them a really hard time and making it difficult for them in the boys' club was really funny and sort of it was, like, you know, being being hard on one another. And I, I can understand, like, why these older commentators are chuckling, like, oh, Missy Higgins, isn't that funny? Like, because they all copped it and they all cop it, you know. But I didn't, I didn't love it, especially at that moment. It's like, well, right now he hasn't, actually. And our first goal from mm. Cooper Sharman, which was a bloody good one, um, and also I need to note for our listeners that he's actually not in high school. He's 21. Yeah, we thought he was nice. So Cooper Sharman gets a really great goal. And I'm like, can we not show our inaccuracy stats with a red-faced looking Brett Ratton right after we get a great goal, please? <laughs> that is the first thing they showed after our first goal was our inaccuracy stats. Of course, but you also have to think about, you know, the the graphic designers and media who prepared that. Need to be employed. <laughs> yeah, and who were thinking that we were going to probably miss. So they had that ready. So then instead of that, it became a, well, up until this point, like... Our talking points have been the inaccuracy. Let's prepare for the inaccuracy. (laughs) I thought our pressure was great coming out from the get-go, but I thought Webster was so good and he was so quick out of defence any time that they got it um, back in their Ford 50. And I just thought that was... 
that was what they needed for Sydney Swans because, you know, they play one-on-one footy. Yeah. And they were, I mean, who was it? I think it was either Sinclair or Highmore, but there was someone who kept being brave enough to come off his mark to punch the ball away. What do we think of Max's Mo? I like Max. Seedy or Swish? I mean, the style seems to be a bit seedy with the mullet, so it's it's just complimentary at this point. Yeah, he needs if he shortens the do and keeps the mo, I reckon we'll be get, we'll, we'll get going. Nah, we'll be going back to 2015 style then. I felt like the mids really stepped up to look out for spoils and sneaks so that they could provide damage control because they knew that our defense was weakened against this strong forward side. So they, the mids, I guess, maybe were told to sort of be in that area. So they couldn't, they consistently went back and were prepared to do that to be extra fodder for the cannon. Yeah. And Max King was, you know, a great asset to have. He's just becoming such a star. And he keeps giving it to the opposition whenever he kicks a goal, which I love. And a funny moment, a little highlight was when uh, him and Kent both sort of marched the ball equally. But because Kent got first hands to it, he had to take the uh, lineup for goal. But they were laughing because Kent didn't want it. He wanted to give it to Max King, which, I mean, you understand why. Yeah, I just, I mean... It was frustrating. Obviously got a couple of payoffs. One was a little bit easier than the other. And that was really great to see because hopefully it helps helps his confidence. But in that moment, when you get a mark and you want to hand it off and it's not like you're at the 50 meter boundary line, like you're in your forward 50. It is frustrating. I get why, like he's doing what's best for the team and saying, I'm going to give it to the guy who can probably kick this more than I can, but still, but it was just great how we were linking up. And I agree with you. I think that we cleaned up our kicks into the forward 50 and it's just that long bombing. It's funny how we can get into that groove again of just long bombing it. And when we clean it up and we up our pressure, those two things transform our side. Oh, completely. Yeah. Uh, It was so good. Higgins getting two goals in the first quarter, just sort of rewriting the story of his previous meeting with the Swans. And as, as you said, Wilkie from the get-go was incredibly hyper aware of his role that he had to play on Buddy Franklin, which was fantastic. It was. And, you know, we had some beautiful intercept marks from Highmore throughout the evening. And Sharman's first mark was great too. The one that led him to get a goal. So Um, he he did three great marks and two goals and yeah. And Connolly was um, so explosive off halfback. We'll miss him this week. He's got concussion. Mackenzie, though, has such good eyes for the play. Like, he's fantastic. He did so many great smothers and just, like, similar to Connolly, was just explosive. Brad Hill was really good and, like, you know, playing his role as well. It's just funny seeing... um... Like, because Mackenzie wasn't like this before and they've said to him, we want you to step up your aggression. And he's just gone and done it. Yeah, listens, he listens. Caulfield as well, I thought, played so well. Yes, Caulfield's getting his legs again. He feels calmer and he got really some great marks and turnovers. It felt like the Caulfield of 2020. Yeah, totally. He's he's coming really good. And I mean, him him and Marshall were, debuted at the same time and they both had a lot of, you know, talks about them and... I think we're sort of starting to see that come to fruition. Yeah. My, um, my one concern is was at the time that the mids and the forwards were working so hard to bolster defense. I thought, can it actually last the whole game, this level of pressure and Mm. defense, but it did. 
Yeah, it did. I, I thought that too. I was holding my breath as, as All Saints fans were, I think. Membry, his effort every game is just insane. He's, he's so he's so consistent with that and I just think it's it's so great to see I mean listening to him speak he says that he's looking forward to many years like of seeing the younger boys grow up and Max King come into his own and playing alongside him so yeah and he talked about holding the premiership cup and I got goosebumps because obviously we've never seen that and I've never like when you watch other teams win the grand final they get so like aggressive when they hold the cup and really like really for lack of a better word like you know man-ish and like you know really just like huzzah and uh, (laughs) I can't imagine lots of our players doing that because I think they just sort of look at it and be like (laughs) what no they wouldn't but it was just so exciting to see our team play to its best strengths beat a top eight contester who was meant to win that game and we beat them and so it's really exciting moving forward because if we're able to bring that every week, then we are a top eight contender for sure. Yeah, I agree. And as we've constantly said, doing that when we have such a large injury list. Yes. And Brett Ratton has said, you know, right now they're just trying to bridge the gap between their worst and their best. And I think that that's, that is the core focus moving forward. And let's hope that Let's hope it starts to close. I think those two points of kicking efficiently to a good spot where someone can run for it and keeping up the pressure in such an intense way, those are the two things that really transform our game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Any anecdotes, Bianca? I spoke to Uncle Nick and Grandma loves Tom Highmore and thinks he's a star, and I agree. Oh, Great. Well, Bianca... In the journal section this week. <gasps> the first article is from Fox Sports by Ben Cotton, and it's regarding the trade rumors and whispers of 2021. Which I don't want to, almost don't want to read because it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Go on. Is it for me to read? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Cotton says, quote, out of contract Saints duo, Jack Billings and Luke Dunstan are likely to depart the club at season's end, according to seniorfoxfooty.com.au reporter Tom Morris. Both players are set to become free agents and face uncertain future at Moorabbin, with Billings to miss the remainder of the season with a hamstring strain. It follows Morris's report earlier this week that Port Adelaide have interest in Billings with two list bosses telling foxfooty.com.au that they believe St Kilda are trying to push him out by offering him a reduced deal. Morris later mentioned that adding another inside midfielder like Dunstan would make sense for Carlton, end quote. I, contrary to probably what most Saints fans are saying, would rather Billings stay than Dunstan. And to me... That is just because even though both have been at the club probably a similar amount of time or since the beginning of their careers. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we love Dunstan's aggression. He's really stepped it up. So he's really desirable. But but Jack Billings is Jack Billings is much more consistent 
and he can kick straight. So I think the thing is, I would rather lose Dunstan than lose Billings because there are so many players on our list who are coming back next year in place of Dunstan. It's true. Like Gresham, Clark, you know, Bytel. The And these are players that would sort of bump each other out of the list, but if there's that extra spot, they could come in. Uh, yeah. Ben Patton, even though he's a defender, you know, he comes out of half back as well. Uh, there's just there's just such a such a list really and I think Billings is really useful and yeah he may not be flashy but I think like five or five years ago we were playing against the Western Bulldogs and he sort of single-handedly brought us back from an 80 point deficit in the third quarter to win yeah he's a classy player yeah that's it that's the word there's so much made about things in news articles but these people are having direct conversations I mean the fact that they're that they're saying they're trying to push him out or trying to like give him a hint to leave that's absolutely not the case because they'll be having direct conversations with Jack Billings and Luke Dunstan to talk frankly about where it's at because our club is really about prioritizing that level of communication so But we shall see. And the second article is from afl.com.au and it is about Dan Hanabry and our team selection for this next week. Bianca, would you like to read that again? The Australian Associated Press say, quote, the 30-year-old has endured a torrid time since arriving at the Saints ahead of the 2019 season, playing just 13 out of a possible 61 matches. But Hanabry has quietly worked his way back into fitness during scratch matches and Saints coach Brett Ratton has declared him right to take on the Cats at GMHBA Stadium. I saw that was an exciting one from afl.com.au about Dan Hanabry and I'm excited to see him play this week, uh, this weekend. I'm, I just don't really remember what he played like. I thought he was good. I, I, you know, there was lots of hype about him when we got him. So I'm, I'm excited. Yay! Uh, Yeah, I can't wait to see him play. So what is it time for, Bianca? Well, Callum Wilkie, as rising star Tom Highmore puts it, is one of the most underrated players across the board. And who can dispute that? Accountant turned mature age defender, Wilkes has shown up for us time and time again, even in the toughest of matches. Reliability can be undervalued, but today, Wilkes, we value you. Here's his player PSA. All right, question number one. Which player was Wilkie recruited to step in for in case recurring problems sidelined them? Now, note I said problems. This could be personal problems, health problems, injury problems. A, Jaron Geary. B, Dylan Roberton. C, Jake Carlisle. D, Ben Long. Dylan Roberton. Correct. So after suffering a collapse in round four of 2018, Robertson found that he had a heart condition. He's been with the Saints since 2013, but has since taken a step back to look after his health and family. His absence allowed Wilkie his opportunity. Question number two, where is Cal Wilkie from? A, Perth. B, Wagga Wagga. C, Sydney. Or D, Adelaide. Adelaide. Yes, that's correct. 
Wilkie, who was a North Adelaide SANFL Premiership star, he'd been overlooked in four national drafts. So when he was picked number three in 2019, his life began to change. Question number three, who did Cal Wilkie live with when he first came to Moorabbin? A, Jack Steele, B, Blake Akers, C, Tim Membry, or D, Jack Billings? Billings. Yes, correct. Three in a row. He lived in East Brighton with Jack Billings. And he said that the day that the draft was taking place, he wasn't really paying attention. He was just packing things up at the office. I think it was on a Friday or something at 5 p.m., just like everybody else that he was working with. Um, and then he got a text from someone saying, did they check? Did he check on the recruits? And St. Kilda had recruited three mature age. So he was not expecting to be the fourth and he was very lucky to be. And so he had to pack up his things on the Saturday and was in Moorabbin by the Sunday, which is crazy. It's amazing. What number jersey is Cal Wilkie? A, 14, B, 24, C, 34, or D, 44? D. Yes! <laughs> How did you know all of this? I thought it was 43, so I got it wrong. No, but it helped. And our final question, what star sign is Wilkie? A, Pisces, B, Cancer, C, Virgo, or D, Taurus? Ooh, Pisces? Yes. Oh, wow. oh my God. This is our first on, a, on our player PSA here at Two Girls, One Club. We have a sister who got five out of five questions right. That's amazing. Thanks for that. That's amazing. Yeah, no worries. Um, and I just wanted to quote him. He was interviewed recently and he said, I bet you there's, he said, quote, I bet you there's a fair amount of people out there in the footy world who have no idea who I am still. I'd like to keep it that way, end quote. It's terrific. Just gets the job done. Yeah. And he wasn't athletic when he came to the club. You know, they said he had, he was skinny, but he had puppy fat and uh, wasn't particularly healthy because he'd been treating footy as a hobby, not as a career. Coming up next week, we have the Saints versus Geelong Cats, who are ranked third in the comp and have four key players returning from injury. While we haven't beaten them since 1999 at GMHBA, their home stadium in Geelong, we've got a couple of our own returning. That's right, Sophia. Dougal Howard's hammies all hopped up. And star midfielder Dan Hannabury makes his season debut after an injury-riddled few years. Every time he's come out for us, he's been among the best on field. And for Saints fans, it's going to be exciting to see him play. Go the Saints, and we'll see you next week. Sophia's got nightmares about wearing a Collingwood jersey and betting on <laughs> playing my first AFL game on Saturday. I'm probably going to get a lot of 50-metre penalties. <laughs> Give away, you mean? <laughs> yeah.